I think I see a picture of Bobby Robson hanging on the on the on the back of your room. Is that right? Is that Manchester or that hey, that's actually Jurgen Klopp. Oh, it said Jurgen Klopp is Liverpool. All right, I'm sorry. Yeah. So that my sons, both of my sons are um Liverpool supporters massively. But okay. I'm a I'm a Man U supporter. Oh, that's that's uh, that's a <laughs> situation at your home. Um, that's right I'm actually in Oscar's bedroom at the moment so I'm, ah, okay, I'm using that's... it for an office <laughs> and okay. so this is what I, where I'm doing my webinars from at the moment to our new podcast. Uh, our guest today is uh, Finlay Sutton. He's a um, specialist in restorative dentistry and provides patients with reconstructive dentistry um, and mainly is specialized in uh, removable, removable prosthodontics. Uh, welcome, Finlay. Hi there. Hi, Mark. Thank Hi. you. Um, so where, 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 where do you practice? Where do you have a, a, an office? So I'm based in the northwest of England. We're just north of Manchester, about 50 kilometres north of Manchester. And the practice is in a small market town. Um, so, but we have a lovely, we've got a really good referral base. So 90% of the patients that we see are referred in by other dentists. So, so I, I just take um, referrals for dentures, uh, so removable prosthodontics, that's all I do. I run the practice with my wife, who is a, an orthodontic specialist, so she takes referrals for those. And then I've got two other colleagues that work with us as associates in the practice, that's Rob Jacobs, who is an endodontist, and... Uh, Saeed Abad, who's a periodontist. So there's just four of us at the practice. I think the, 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 the unique part of the practice, or well, not totally unique, but quite unusual, is that I have the dental laboratory on site yeah. in the practice. So I work with a technician who works in the room next door to the surgery, and we have the lab there, and this enables me to provide really, really high quality um, denture work. Cool. And uh, your, your uh, technician is called Roman Garsang, right? That's right. Yeah. And he, he's, his son now joined your, your, your office as well? Well, actually, it's, um, it's not Rowan's son. It's uh, Chris Hesketh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so... Chris Hesketh's son um, has joined the practice, but Chris is also a superb technician. He's, I think he's one of the world's best chrome technicians, and he works just down the, the road in Chorley. And Chris's son has recently qualified as a dental technician. He's in his early 20s, and 
Uh, so Sam has joined the practice as Rowan's apprentice. Um, Sam is really talented too. He's terrific, actually. Cool. Um, so I see you, you work a lot with um, video analysis and, and photography. That is something I'm familiar with in aesthetic dentistry, but not really for removable prosthodontics. Um, could you elaborate a little bit more on that? How, what, what, what's your method of using video? And, uh, okay, yeah. Um, in terms of, if we first of all look at video, um, video I find is absolutely crucial in terms of the treatment. So when we come to do a mock-up, when we do the trying of the teeth, um, I find that doing a video of the patient, when they have their trying in place, um, they can um, discuss and, and also interact socially with my dental nurse. So I don't participate at all in this try and visit. I go out of the room and Claire, my nurse, talks to the patient on the camera and socially engages with the patient with their new teeth in. And so the, uh, Claire will ask them, you know, what are you, um, what books are you reading at the moment? Or what program do you like on TV? Um, or where have you been on holiday? And it's just getting them to just talk naturally, smile and, and, and see themselves how other people will look at themselves. And I find that is absolutely crucial in terms of, allowing the patient to just sit and look at a video of themselves afterwards to see what they're going to really truly look like with those teeth. Because I think importantly, um, it's if, if I don't show them that video and they just have a mirror, for instance, then they look at themselves in a contorted view and, will, and won't actually look at their themselves as they will look naturally so, so i think videos are absolutely crucial in terms of getting patient acceptance and it, once they've looked at themselves then on the video and also looking at still photos and also looking in the mirror once they've done all of those three things i say to them i want you to be really honest and picky about the aesthetics. If there's anything you don't like, please let me know afterwards. That discussion takes place with Claire too. So I, I'm out of the room when they're talking about it and it allows the patient to be truly honest about it without fear of, of upsetting me about that um, process. So I think the videos are crucial. Um, the other aspect is photography and I know that I've listened to a few of your podcasts that you've done and the people you've had on I think everyone all of us are obsessed with photography as well and, and I find that uh, taking really high quality photographs of the work that I do is a tremendous auditing tool for improving my, the quality of work that I do that's for me personally and also Rowan we can look at these cases and think, yes, this looks good, but we can improve on that. And that helps us to progress. So that's number one. 
Um, number two, it's great for educating the patients. It's fantastic. Yeah. Number three, I find that taking still photos really helps Rowan to set the teeth up in the right place. So, so for instance, when we're doing a, the wax rim stage and I'm prescribing where the teeth are go going to go, so I carve that wax rim and then photograph that in the patient's mouth with them smiling. And then Rowan also gets a picture of them dentate the patient mm. and then he can then set up the teeth um, using that dentate picture but using the wax rim as a matrix for aligning and setting the teeth up in the right position so this is really important and also photography for teaching is just vital too it's just you know if we've got things step by step it's it's wonderful so that camera is i think is probably the most important piece of kit i have at the practice yeah but you're absolutely right and i saw you using um, a lot of old pictures old photographs of patients who come to you with this is how i used to look when i was 20 21 and um, you try to recreate a lot of that smiles again. Um, do you use video for that as well? Is that something you 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 use? Um, not not uh, not for setting up the teeth, um, but we we just we use the um, we use the still photographs for doing that. I've not encountered um, anyone yet who's had an old video that we've been able to use to enable us to look at the dentate pictures okay, but, but but i mean well, like in a, in, a, in a wax up situation where you yes. before you go and press the denture is it something you use to uh, to show to patients uh, with uh, a setup uh, and then make a video and then show the video to them Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that's what we do. So we have a, when they've got the mock-up, the setup in place, that is really, really important for the, um, is to video them so they can truly assess themselves in that uh, social uh, setting. So yeah, I think videos, and they're going to come more and more um, with this. You have like a, like a, um, a photo set, in your office set up, especially for this? Uh, yes, I do. I've got a, well, for my, um, for the video, it's quite simply, I take a digital SLR and put it onto a tripod. And then we just set that running with the patient just sitting in the chair. Yep. And then Claire, my nurse will walk to the side so that the patient is talking side on like this and they can see themselves from that view and also the other side too. So you've got the full 180 degrees of that patient. Right. It's, it's quite a simple setup. So, so that is the video setup side of things. And then for the still photographs, I have a, a Canon 5D Mark III and it's got three custom settings on the camera. Yeah which allows me to do extra oral, mm -hmm. intra oral, and then C3 is for my lab work, 
which is just using a soft box and uh, remote flashes. Okay, all right. Um, I see, um, I have a, a look at your, your um, beautiful website um, for um, education. Um, and you have some beautiful pictures of dentures with really natural looking teeth. Um, when I discussed it with my patients, uh, what kind of teeth they want, they just all want like complete white teeth and all straight. And how do you convince people or, or other patients themselves are, are convinced that they want natural looking teeth? Because that's, for me, it's an almost impossible to convince people to take natural looking teeth and not straight white uh, tiles. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, this is a really, um, a very, people ask me this all the time. And so I, I give the patient what they want. This is the first most important thing. Um, I do try to educate them, but before I talk to you about that, um, if I have, if my, if one patient is, some patients will want Hollywood smile, you know, the, that absolutely perfect white teeth and, and bleaching shades. And then we get the other extreme where that patient may want them looking age appropriate, specific for them that will not look like dentures. So I get a group of that but I would say a majority of my cases fit into the middle where they, the teeth are slightly too light, but we've imbricated them and moved them so that the arrangement is like their teeth would have been naturally, but they're a bit too light. Yeah. So, so that's my sort of core group of patients there is, is that now, in terms of educating them, I have a, a stock photographs of different patients that I've treated. And I, what I try to do is I'll try and match up the sex of the patient and also maybe their face shape. So I'll show them a patient that looks similar to them with natural looking teeth. And then they can actually assess that. And if they like that, there then I can show the teeth really close up and say look to make them look really real where if pay, if people you were socializing they would just not realize their dentures in order to do that we need to add in little cracks and uh, uh, gaps and and recession uh, etc so it's just really showing them what we can do what they actually truly look like and it's not like just picking up you know a it's not like just saying right you've got to have this um it's look what do they actually look like in that human yeah. um so and it is really quite surprising you know i had one lady one patient emmy who when she'd seen what we can do, she said, yes, this is exactly what, and she's very, very well to do, you know, quite posh lady. Mm -hmm. And, but she wanted them, she said, I want them distressed, the teeth distressing, like a furniture maker yeah. who's wanting to make something look really old, will distress it to make it look, um, 
you know, the appropriate age. It's just like that with dentures. So it's really, I don't twist their arm at all. No. It's just about education, really. Yeah. All right. Um, and the teeth that you use, are those just uh, acrylic teeth or do you use ceramic teeth as well or um, your dentures? Yeah, the dentures are the, the anterior teeth are made of composite. Um, okay. And so they are made by a firm called Shotlander, who is a British firm, and they are made in Austria under license through uh, Shotlander. Um, I helped develop them. It took about five years for us to develop this. They're, they're called Enigma Life Teeth. And so we went through different iterations of them where we would try them in and then assess them. And then we got to the point where we felt that these were really realistic, where we've got beautiful dentine, mammalons, translucency, texture, shape. So, so the anterior teeth are made of composites and the posterior. So, sorry, actually, I'm wrong there. The anteriors are made of acrylic yeah. and the posteriors are composites. Okay, okay, right. So it's Enigma Life uh, Shotlander. And... So they do look really real, but often what we do with them is we, in order to make them look age appropriate, we'll take the texture off the outside. So polish them just as if, you know, we've had erosion and then we characterize them by putting cracks in. So Rowan will take a, a scalpel blade and cut down the outside of the tooth like a crack and then etch it, and then rub in a stain of composite. Yeah. It can be a really white stain to make it look like an, a, a light crack, mm -hmm. or it can be a, a brown stain and terminate that in a little crack. And these sorts of things really help to make them look real. Also, putting in stuff like toothbrush abrasion, you know, where someone's yeah. maybe fillings, um, on the outside of the teeth so it's really nice all I do is once we've finished the denture and the patient wants it I take the, the denture and then with a sharpie pen I'll just mark on where I want these cracks and fillings to be done then Rowan will just do that uh, for me so impressive really nice because I'm not able to convince and motivate my patients to <laughs> natural yeah. so I'm really impressed. I get that yeah, yeah. Really impressed by it. Um, you had you have some great webinars now uh, on your Facebook um, page. I highly recommend your Facebook page to uh, everybody listening and seeing this podcast. It's uh, you're, you're very open, very uh, uh, giving with your uh, webinars and the, the the amount of information you share with us. Um, I was really impressed with uh, the um, uh, the partial dentures that you make. Uh, especially in the amount of teeth that is still left. Um, and, and you had some, some beautiful, uh, you had one case with, with there was just one molar left and you used a, a material called Moloplast B to yeah. get some kind of grip on that too. Is that something you can uh, tell a little bit more here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so this, if you visualize in your mind, you have a patient with just one molar tooth in the maxilla or, or maybe two molars either side. Um, 
And in order to make the denture fit really well and have good retention, a really good technique is a, it's a window denture. So if you imagine it's like a full denture, but with a hole in it, where the remaining tooth fits through that hole. Um, but inside the hole that goes around the tooth is a, a little silicone ring made of Moloplast B. This is a, it's a, it's a soft reline material that I use on for soft linings for lower dentures quite regularly. Right. But, but we use it inside the denture itself and it goes into the undercut of the tooth by one millimeter just around the neck of the tooth there and so it it, it acts like an, an o-ring like a seal yeah so so we have a seal around the tooth and also we have our normal post dam and peripheral seal for the whole denture yeah. and these are they are remarkably good. Um, they stay in beautifully. That doesn't but, the material lose its elasticity? Doesn't it wear at, at some level? Absolutely. It does, uh, Mart, over time. Uh, so if we, say, fast-forwarded um, 18 months to uh, two years, and we look at the moloplast inside there, it, it looks a little bit dog-eared, a bit tired. Um, but uh, the, by this stage, the patient's uh, cognitive ability of, of working with that prosthesis, um, their neuromuscular control is, is such that it's not relevant anymore. It's not, it's not unlike um, a normal partial denture, a normal partial denture with clasps on it. If we look at those clasps six months to 12 months down the line, those they'll often be deformed yeah. and sitting away from the tooth, but the patient isn't doesn't actually notice that because their learning ability to control that prosthesis has happened. So I've been using the this window denture technique. Well, I've done 36 of these over the past 13 years. I see very small volumes of patients, by the way. I've not loads of patients but so i've seen 36 patients with these types of window dentures and um i've not had to reline any of them at all so far okay. i have the, the the other beauty about it is that should that support tooth fail we can always add it to the denture as well so we don't need to make a new prosthesis either so um so that's the other good thing and I've had to do that once out of those 36 patients. Wow. And, and, and how about, um, does of those 36 patients, did all of the, the remaining teeth um, still last? Because I find that there's mainly it's patients with high risk in periodontitis and high risk in carriers. Um, how do you motivate them to to keep them proper clean and and keep them as a as a um, as a part of the the partial denture? Absolutely, that is a huge, really, really important part of the whole process. So, you know, during the whole process of treat, treating them, I help them with their oral hygiene. I get the brush out and 
show them exactly what to do and just help them and guide them through that and also emphasize to them this tooth is precious to you this is holding that upper denture in place and it's really helping it so and then and that big i see these patients on referral as well so i write back to the dentist and recommend you know that they really embark on a a really good hygiene program with the the, the, the dental hygiene team at the practice is crucial. But do you see that the teeth are like more protected because they are underneath the partial denture or is that something that is? Uh, no, actually, I think it's Mark, that's the opposite. So um, completely surrounding that tooth is will be increasing inflammation in the periodontium yeah. um, because of this but i think it's you know there's always a balance between what we're doing whether it's like iatrogenic and harmful and then the benefits of the prosthesis staying in place and i find that the balance is it we've we've, we've got this tooth let's use it if it does fail in the future it's not end of the road we've yeah. we've got a really good complete denture there essentially all it needs is a tooth adding to it yeah okay um and um, i saw something uh, on your um, uh, techniques for impression of a flabby ridge could you tell a little bit more about that as well okay yeah absolutely so so with a flabby ridge and they they tend to be in the upper anterior maxilla yep. and it will be from combination syndrome so lower anterior teeth bashing on the maxilla like this and so the maxillary bone gets resorbed and then we get a flabby ridge now if we make a denture that fits onto that flabby ridge using a normal impression the the flabby ridge will have got squashed up like that the denture will be made to fit over that squashed ridge and it will want to push the denture out and there'll be a problem with retention. So what we need to do, what I try to do is to, I record an impression of the solid areas first. So this will be all of the palate, the ridge posterior to the flabby ridge. Mm -hmm. and, and I do that in zinc oxide eugenol using a window tray system. It's like this actually, just one sec. Um, very similar to that there. So the flabby ridge yeah. hangs through this area here. So that's made in zinc oxide first. Mm -hmm. And then the flabby ridge hangs through here like that and I inject silicone and really just like a crown and bridge silicone, runny, inject it all the way around here with that, the flabby ridge just hanging through. So it's completely undisplaced. Yeah. So, so it's all in one unit and it works so well, you know, in terms of suction yeah. and the fit. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think, 
for now, I just my biggest advice for people listening to is just visit your 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 Facebook page. It's it is incredible, and you've got some great lectures on there, great webinars you're giving now, and uh, you can give see much more information about your beautiful techniques and your beautiful work. So, um, I I think I see a picture of Bobby Robson hanging on the on the on the back of your room. Is that right? Is that Manchester or? That here, that's actually Jurgen Klopp. Ah, oh, I said Jurgen Klopp was Liverpool. All right, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so that my sons, both of my sons are um, Liverpool supporters massively, but okay. I'm a I'm a Man U supporter. Oh, that's that's uh, that's a <laughs> situation at your home. Um, that's right. I'm actually in Oscar's bedroom at the moment. So I'm, ah, okay, I'm using that's... it. For an office, and okay. so this is what I, where I'm doing my webinars from at the moment. <laughs> well, I, 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 I saw it. I think uh, that, that uh, just want to mention it. <laughs> yeah, I think Liverpool uh, has a, a bad year for a COVID breaking up their their Premier League championship. Yes, um, I know it's a shame. shame. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you, Finlay. Thank you very much for. Uh, uh, talking with us today in this podcast um and uh, i wish you all the best and uh, good health uh, and uh, and hope to see you soon uh, and uh, visit one of your great lectures thank you very much martin it's absolutely thank terrific thank, thank you. you very much